Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. And here's hoping that you and your family and your friends all had a beautiful Thanksgiving. Welcome to Spotlight Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham. I definitely enjoyed my holiday for sure. And I enjoyed the leftovers. We always take the leftovers and we make a shepherd's pie out of it the following day with, uh, you know, you've got the gravy and the mashed potatoes and the stuffing and the chicken. We don't make a turkey. We make a chicken. We have forever. Um, Maybe when I was like three or four, we made turkey. I I really don't remember those days all that much, but uh, we always made chicken. And um, I remember when I was in elementary school, I mentioned that and all the kids made fun of me because they all had turkey and I had chicken, but whatever. So you put all of that into a big casserole dish with layers. Uh, I usually do a layer of gravy on the bottom and the mashed potatoes and you build up from there with all the vegetables too and put it in the oven for about an hour or so, put some butter on the top and mm, 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 delicious. So definitely enjoy the food. Uh, thankful for all of you in the audience. Last week's program was great and it was because of you. Our very first inaugural guest on Spotlight Connecticut was Maura Geist, and it did occur to me after the show that I forgot to tease her website more than I should have, and I should have also spelled her name for everybody. I had some people wondering about her information. Spiritual medium, Maura Geist, she did a show in Willington at the Packing House, a really cool venue, and uh, an artsy one for sure, out in the small town of Willington in Tolland County, and Maura drives two hours all the way from... New York State, kind of past Danbury, just to be there two or three times out of the year. So if you were somebody wanting that information, her name is Maura Geist, M-A-U-R-A-G-E-I-S-T, and her website is maurageist.com. This week on Spotlight Connecticut, welcome to it. We're going to be talking about matchmaking because it's that time of year where people get a little bit lonely if they don't have a partner or maybe they don't have family Uh, family at all or family close by. And there's somebody here in Connecticut who's trying to help people meet in person. That's right, not on an app. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Bell. I play lead guitar for Autograph and House of Lords. I'm from Wethersfield, Connecticut, and I am listening to Spotlight Connecticut with my good buddy, Morgan Cunningham. Hey, that's me, and I am thrilled to be chatting today with matchmaker herself, Jill Dunn of Jillinit Events, Jillinit.com. Hey, Jill, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. How exciting. Oh, this is exciting. I don't think I've ever had a matchmaker as a guest before on my talk show. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I could be the first. Well, there aren't many in Connecticut. You kind of stand out to me as one of the only ones. Yeah, there really aren't. And honestly, I can see why, because it's very hard to make quality matches um, and to find people that are really willing to put themselves out there and sort of invest in that part of their lives. Why did you decide to do it then, if it's so tough? Well, um, I got divorced, and I started looking for events for singles. It really started with my events. Uh, So I was looking for events, uh, ways that I could meet single men, and I couldn't really find any around here. I'm in Norwalk, um, so... Uh, the closest ones were in the city or in Hartford, so I decided to throw them, and then those were very successful, and then I started to connect singles 
that I was meeting at one event, with singles that I was meeting at another event, just sort of out of the goodness of my heart. And then that became very time-consuming, um, so I made it into more of a formal offering. So that's how the matchmaking started. And sort of from there, also um, another aspect of what of the support that I give for singles is the dating coaching. So all of that sort of um, overall like support for singles. In all the years that you've been on planet Earth and, you know, the last few years that you've been doing these events, how has dating changed in your view from maybe the time before you got married to now? Because it seems like it's a challenging world out there when it comes to being single and trying to find a date. Yes, it definitely is. So before I got married, you know, I was in my 20s, my mid-20s when I got married, so I wasn't really dating. I just would meet people. I met my ex-husband, you know, working at a restaurant with him, and so I wasn't going out on dates. So, you know, flash forward 10 years and two kids, and I'm single, and, you know, it was just a totally different world for me, and it was really something that I had to learn about, about dating, about expectations, and how different it is uh, to date after being married, too, you know, because you're meeting somebody for the first or second time, and it's hard to not have sort of the same set of expectations that you grew to have for a spouse or a partner that you're with for so many years. So really, I was a real learning experience for me when uh, when I started dating again after divorce. And I think that is what sort of aired my work and support with singles is that I really wish that I had somebody to turn to for advice and support when I first became single. And I know that the support that I offer single people um, really is helpful for them. And I'm really glad to be able to do that. It's definitely hard to meet people. So I really try to create opportunities as much as I can for people to connect. From your experience, what made it difficult to get back into dating other than maybe finding an event to meet people or meeting people, actually, whether it's at an event or somewhere else? What were some of the challenges that you found in meeting somebody else? Was it breaking the ice? Was it finding commonalities? Well, I think for me specifically, you know, my kids were four and six at the time. And so it was really finding the time, finding people who could understand sort of my limit, my limitations, you know, as a, as a single mom. And, uh, but I think finding people that you really can connect with that are at the same level, especially dating in sort of your thirties and 40s, some, not everybody is at the same place. Some people are looking to have kids. Some people don't want to have more kids. Some people, you know, uh, only want to date someone who doesn't have kids, you know. So it's really, it's hard to, I think that's probably the hardest thing is to find somebody. You meet somebody that you're attracted to and then sort of getting through those layers without it being a job interview and really being able to Stay in a place where you're enjoy, enjoying the exploration process of getting to know people rather than feeling like you just have to, you know, shuffle through a Rolodex of singles to find the one that you're going to couple up with. Just really keeping 
a healthy perspective on it, I think was the hardest thing for me in the beginning. I think what's cool about your events that I should mention that they're called Jillin' It events. Oh, by the way, before I talk even more, I just love that name, Killing It. You know, you're Jillin' It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Did, did, did that just come to you or how did that come to be? You know, I was trying to think of a way to incorporate all of the things that Jill is in, you know, all of the things that I'm involved in or offering. And uh, my girlfriend, Erin, I, I said to her, I'm really trying to think of a way to include everything that, that I'm involved in. And she said, how about Jill in it? And I was like, that is genius. That just works in so many ways. And I feel like, you know, I really have sort of, uh, grown into the name. I think I really deserve that name now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, I really, I work hard to support people. It really, really means a lot to me what I do, and I think it is important work. And so I think that that I've earned the the name Jill in it now. <laughs> it really is fitting. It it quite is it, because I've gone to a few of your events now, and yeah. uh, it, they are fun. And one thing that I was going to point out to people is that it's not just you bringing together people, but you do offer some coaching, some positivity, some icebreakers. You don't just put people in a room and say, okay, hope it goes well. Right, exactly. I mean, that I was shocked when I first started doing these events. There was a woman, one in particular, that came from the city, and she said, um, thank you so much for being here and for actually hosting it and making us feel comfortable. She said, I, the last speed dating event I went to, I literally walked into a room of iPads, and there was no nobody hosting the event, nobody helping you feel comfortable or safe or like you have somebody there. And that's definitely something that I always stress to people that you're never alone at your at my events. You're with me. And if anybody you feel uncomfortable or you feel awkward, you don't know what to say, just come see me and you're with me and we'll figure it out together and I'll help, you know, connect you with somebody. But I do it really in like an easy breezy way where nobody feels put on the spot. Everybody's there looking for connection. So we really just are all there for the same reason. Are people nervous when they go to your events? Not because, you know, it's it's your event or whatever, but just in general, the idea of meeting people, do they seem to be nervous or shy? Yeah, for the most part, when people come in, you know, they're a little reserved and sort of grasping their cocktail and, you know, staying around the edge of the event space. Um, but really, like, once everybody's checked in and I do the first little low-key connector activities, whatever it may be for that event, um, once everybody is sort of circulating, it, it really does break the ice. And everybody sort of knows each other after, uh, you know, a very short amount of time. And then by the end, it's just really like you can just feel, you know, just a total change in the energy in the room. People are just more comfortable. People are connecting, exchanging numbers, whether it's, you know, people who are interested in dating. So many people become friends. Uh, and, and connect in other ways at the events, which I think is equally important. And I always remind people, you never know where a connection is going to lead you. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you're sitting across from the love of your life at an event, but there is so much value in connecting with other human beings, and it's so good for, for us, and it feels so good. By the time people leave the events, 
everybody's buzzing and feels good and feels happy and fulfilled. And, um, you know, like they had a night out with friends, but a lot of times it's a lot of new friends. It's funny because the very first event of yours that I went to, I met a group of, I don't know, uh, five or six people maybe, and they were all just friends who happened to meet at some of your past events, and they just kind of go from one to the other and check them out. Yeah, it happens a lot. People connect, and, and that's another thing. Like, when I first got divorced, there was only one or two of my friends that were single at the time. Everybody else was married. So although, of course, I would still spend time with the friends that were still married, you know, when I didn't when I didn't have my kids or I was looking, you know, I was dating. So looking for or having people in your life that are sort of in the same stage as you is so key to, you know, helping you bridge the gap into this sort of new life that you have now that you're single, you know. So I love it when people connect that way. So many people become great friends and I love it. I see people all the time, you know, connecting on at the events and then onto social media and in my I have a private singles group um, on Facebook called 203 Singles and there's really it's great just to see people connect and then you know sometimes people become friends at an event one introduces them to another and it brings you to a new job or to a new boyfriend or to a new friend or whatever it may be it's just these connections that start there's something old school about what you're doing, and old school is good, at least at times, and this is one of those cases where it's good because people are actually getting out and meeting in person, not on an app. I mean, apps, I, I have two friends that just uh, got married, actually. They met on an app, so there is some merit there, but there's nothing like making a connection in person, you know? Right. I agree with that very much, and I think the apps are great. I've met a lot of great people on the apps myself, and they're just, they're an opportunity, just like my events are an opportunity. But I feel like when you're meeting someone in person at these events where everybody's there with the intention of meeting other single people, you're sort of 10 steps ahead already. You can tell whether or not you feel a physical attraction or a, another level of a connection that you can't tell from you know, uh, texting somebody on an app. It's just, you're just so much further ahead. And again, the feeling that you get from just eye-to-eye contact conversation with human beings is just so much more inspiring and exciting than just the swipe, 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 you know. And you really end up giving people a lot more of a chance than, you know, on an app. It's like, you it's an instant where you decide yes or no. And I used to always think that when I was, sometimes I would swipe on the app. I don't necessarily recommend this, but I would swipe with my eyes closed. And because I'm just like, who the heck am I to judge? Like, no, no, no. Like, you know, it's just... Based on looks. Right. On a or a stupid second, bio. Right. On a split second decision. Like, who am I to just say no? Maybe this is a wonderful man that I'm just passing by, you know, so... When you're in person, there's just so much more about a person that can capture you more than just, you know, their snapshot in a photo. It seems to me like thinking about my parents. My parents met in high school many decades ago, and they were high school sweethearts and got married soon thereafter. They've been together forever. And I feel that stories like that, just from my observation, don't happen that much anymore. Do you feel the same way? 
Yeah, I do. Um, unfortunately, I always admire when there's, you know, love stories for a lifetime. And I do think that part of the problem with this instant gratification sort of society that we're in is that, you know, it's like there's always something better to swipe away. So, you know, you're not necessarily finding as many people that are willing to commit or, you know, some may call it settling. And, of course, nobody wants to settle. We all deserve what we're looking for. But it definitely is fewer uh, and further between that you're finding couples that are really committed to a lifetime. Um, and But I think now things are changing a little bit. People are craving the in-person, the, like you said, the old-fashioned connection more. It, the, the electronics, they really weigh us down. Everything is on an app. Everything is instant. And, you know, true connections aren't necessarily always an instant instinct like that. Sometimes it needs to brew a little bit. So I think, you know, you're, like your parents met so long ago and they just, have been committed to being together. I really, I think that people are starting to slow down a little bit and pay attention to the way that they're feeling more instead of, you know, this like, uh, this app sort of instinct that we've been on. Jill, we're coming up on a break, so I hate to tell you we've got to pause, but real quick, you've got some events coming up. People may want to find out about Jill in it. So what is the information you have to find out about your events and what are the two events you've got coming up in the town of Fairfield and also down in Norwalk? Yeah, okay. So you can always find my events at on my website at jillinit.com, J-I-L-L, jillinit.com. Um, my events, my matchmaking and coaching is all, there's links to all that there and my links to my social media, which is jillinit. Um, so on my events page there, you'll see tickets to, I have an event next Tuesday night, November 29th at Little Pub in Fairfield. And that's a singles mixer with live music, uh, for singles in their thirties and forties. And then on, on December 17th, Saturday from 11 AM to 1 PM, I have an event at the Norwalk art space that's sponsored by equals human. Uh, and we're going to do, this is a free free-for-all, big-love singles mixer. So this is just open-age, single people coming to connect at the Norwalk Art Space, and I'll be doing my low-key connector activities. Um, but this that one is completely free, but you still need to register for it. So links to those both are at jillinit.com at the upcoming events tab. Jill Dunn is our guest on Spotlight Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, talking about dating with Jill in it. And everything that you need to know if you're single and you want to go down and mingle in Fairfield or Norwalk, she's got some events coming up. Hold on, Jill. We will be back with more on Spotlight Connecticut. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Oh, there was plenty of fun to be had in Connecticut this week. And if you missed out on any of it, well, that's your fault. You missed out on it. Two things I had a ton of fun doing this past week. On Tuesday, I went to the Allen Hill Tree Farm, which is out in Brooklyn, Connecticut. That's the quiet corner by Rhode Island and Massachusetts borders. 
And it was just astonishing. There are about 350 acres on this farm. I met with the owner. He gave me a private tour. They were just opening up this weekend, and we did a news story on WTIC. You would have heard it on Wednesday morning. And he shows me all of these acres. About half of them are devoted to Christmas trees. Each acre has about 1,900 to 2,000 trees on it. Of course, some of them aren't ready, but those that are ready to be cut and sold, obviously they are. He's anticipating selling to 5,000 customers a weekend, starting this weekend all the way right up to Christmas Eve. 5,000 a weekend. We're talking 20,000 plus trees. That's mind-boggling to me. And it's going on right here in Connecticut. People from New York, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island go all the way out to the Allen Hill Tree Farm in Brooklyn. And it's not a chintzy backwoods operation either. This is a well-thought-out Christmas tree farm. There are several barns where you can go and select maybe a pre-cut tree. You can get ornaments for your trees. There's cider. There's cookies. There's a barn where you can watch a machine basically tie your tree up and get it ready for transport. They drill a hole in it. There are hay rides that you can take all around the farm because it's big. It is a big farm. You don't want to walk this, though you can if you want to, but... Speaking personally, I would be on the hayride, especially carrying a big, heavy tree. So they've got that offering. Um, It was just a really incredible experience to go and get a private tour of a Christmas tree farm. I learned so much about Christmas trees, the business of it, more than I ever thought, perhaps more than I needed to know. And also on Thanksgiving Thursday morning, while my family got Thanksgiving dinner ready, I was out hanging out at the Manchester Road Race in the morning. The energy of it was just so impressive. I'm not a runner. Physically, I can't do it. But I was getting into it. You've got these people in costumes. You've got these people who are running the race. Some of them are walking. Some of them are running. Okay, you know, you do what you can. There are people to cheer them on. It's this great energy going on in Manchester at the Manchester Road Race. My very first time going to it, actually, personally or professionally, I've got to tell you, I'm a little bit upset that I've got to wait until next year to go back and do it. Really, I am. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, this is Kevin from Bristol, and you're listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. I love these drops. That's what we call them in the radio industry. They are drops. And I'm so glad to be able to connect with so many different people in the listening community and have them record those because that's what Spotlight Connecticut's all about. We're all in Connecticut, from Greenwich to Greverdale, Salisbury down to Stonington. We're all here, crisscross applesauce across the state. And so as I meet people, I'm getting them to record those for use on the show because we are one big happy family, one big community. Today on Spotlight Connecticut, we're talking about dating, the good, the bad, the ugly, and meeting other people too. It isn't always easy. Jill hosts Jill and It events, largely in Fairfield County, though once in a while I think she branches out and tries a variety of things. That's what we're talking about today. Jill, I guess sometimes you do have a hard time getting guys to sign up for these events, at least until last minute, right? Yes. So typically my events will sell out, uh, the women's tickets sell out right away. And then it's important to me to maintain a good balance of male-female ratio at the events. So I will always shut off the women's tickets until the men catch up, which inevitably they always do, uh, but they like to just give me a little heart attack in the meantime. 
uh, waiting for them to come around. But always we end up just about even. Um, but it does take men a little bit longer to sort of, I guess, commit <laughs> to the events. But they do come around. If I can make it next Tuesday down in Fairfield at Little Pub, I will. Not sure if I'll make it yet because of my schedule, but if I can, I'll be there. You should. It's going to be a good good time for sure. And what about singles over the age of 50? Because you try to deal with, from what I've noticed, different age groups. So you'll do like, say, 30s and 40s, but then you'll do like 50s and 60s or 50 plus. Yes. So for 50 plus, uh, I I generally have a harder time reaching men in that age group than in any other age group. And I haven't really figured out why I want maybe because they're not on social media as much, or I'm not sure, but I did just recently, you know, I had so many single women reaching out to me. What about a 50 plus singles event? And I said, I want to do it for you. I just need the men. And, you know, overwhelmingly, these 50-plus single women are saying, yeah, I know, that's the problem. Where are they? (laughs) So I said, all right, I'm on a mission. That's it. So I just did a big outreach push for uh, 50-plus singles, and I have over 40 of them that have already committed to um, sort of an upcoming uh, event that I'm working on. That'll be in January. And so anybody who wants to get sort of involved in that, just email me hello at jillinit.com uh, and then I can get, you know, get people on that list as well so they're notified of that. Jill, what about ages? Like, let's say you're 27, but you want to go to the 30 plus event, or you're 45, you want to go to the 50 plus. Does that matter? Does it have to be, you know, are you out there checking cards and, no. you know, and making sure that you're of that age group? No, I definitely do not check, check anyone's IDs. I, I say, like, for example, the event next week at Little Pub, which will, which is for singles in their 30s and 40s or for singles that are looking for a match in that age group. So, you know, if you're 27 and you're interested in dating someone in their 30s or 40s, please get a ticket. If you're 40, you know, or 53 and you're looking for someone, please do. There's, it's, that's just a general guideline of the bulk of the people that will be there. You also offer coaching, dating coaching as well, like uh, to women, I believe, correct? I, I do. So I offer a couple of different levels of coaching and some, is, you know, is just like last minute, quick, Jill, help me figure out like what the heck went wrong on this date or what I can do to salvage this or decode this message from this date, that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of the sessions that I end up doing, I, I used to call them pre-dating sessions because I feel like a lot of it has to do with, you know, sort of getting ready for dating and accepting dating as a self-exploration process rather than just like a means to an end. So a lot of that developed into a self-guided program that I wrote, which is called the four-day flip. And that is four ways in four days to completely transform your dating life. And this has been really transformational for a lot of women. This is specifically geared towards women who are, you know, burnt out on dating, exhausted by, you know, endless swiping, disappointing dates and feeling disheartened uh, in the dating process. And, you know, in these four days on this self-guided program, it helps to create uh, dating 
feeling more of an empowering and beneficial experience rather than disappointing um, and just completely changes the way that you're embarking on your dating journey. And so you're finally starting to attract men that are just really different and just really along the lines of what you're looking for rather than this like, oh, another failed date sort of mentality. It really levels up your whole dating experience and, and makes it enjoyable. If you're coaching a woman, what is the first thing that you say to her uh, to change their mindset or get them not burned out anymore when it comes to dating? Like, if you could give us a taste of the program and what you say to them, what is it? Sure. So on the first day, you know, it's called getting ready to date. But really, the spoiler there is that you already have everything you need. You're ready. So the first day of the program is really just sort of, honoring yourself, bringing to the surface all of the things about yourself that, you know, remind you that you're not looking for the one. You are the one. You already found her. So just reminding yourself all these great things. This is like a day of to celebrate who you are uh, and that you're already a total catch. And then we move on to day two, which is making your shopping list and sort of creating a clear vision of what we're looking for. And then day three is when things start to really get fun because we're actually putting into practice casting a wide net and, um, you know, we've already established that you're ready to date and that, you know, any man would be lucky to have you and you have an idea of who you're looking for. But now we're actually making a game plan for you to create opportunities to put all of this into play. And then the fourth day uh, is really about keeping perspective, knowing when to lean in and when to let go in dating, Um, expectations, like I mentioned before, um, using your intuition. And um, this final day is really the big one. Um, And it's essential to how you're going to be now navigating dating, which is with a whole new idea and mindset, dating with confidence and certainty and just really finally enjoying the process and attracting a whole different level of um, the, for, to create the type of relationship that you really are desiring and deserving of. Hypothetical situation, you guys reach a first date, whether you met at one of your events or your matchmaking service or something else. What is the first tip or what are some tips that you would give women getting ready for a first date with a guy. And then I'll ask you about guys, but let's start with women. Okay. So, you know, first thing is always you want to make sure that you're looking and feeling your best. Um, It's always, I think, important to give yourself a little pep talk. You know, maybe it seems a little weird to look in the mirror and be like, hey, girl, you look good today, but why not? Because if you're feeling good and you're looking good and you smell good and you got your workout in and you drank enough water and you're not hungover or, you know, you just really want to feel good. Like put some prep into it. Do for what you hope that your date is also putting in the effort for you. What about guys? Well, okay, so same goes for the guys. I mean, like, you know, make sure that you are have your best foot forward I personally am a sucker for a gentleman who holds the door open and, you know, um, chivalry is, goes a long way for me. That's not, you know, everybody's thing, but for me, I think that goes a long way. Um, 
but for a man to just have his best foot forward to sort of take control of the situation a little bit, pick the place, ask her if this works for her, will you, you know, sort of lead the way. Um, And number one thing is that I think it's really reassuring when both parties are contributing uh, to the conversation. Nobody wants to feel like they have to guide it. Nobody wants to feel like they're on a job interview. And just to not think too hard about what this person can potentially be for you, just to really focus on enjoying right now this 30 minutes with this perfect stranger. Are you enjoying the time right now? You don't need to plan your whole future together in the first date. Biggest mistake that you hear about from guys and girls alike on first dates, like um, whether it's something that they did or something that they didn't like that the other half of the date did, what are some of the common mishaps on the first date that you hear about? Well, I think number one is going too far physically in the beginning is a big no-no and it is a recipe for disaster. I always tell my clients uh, to please not do that because it just it just leads to nowhere good and can potentially mess up a really good thing. Um, <clears throat> but in other situations, it's the exact opposite. There's no chance of that happening because people are rude or they, you know, are on their phone the whole time or just not paying attention. Put that phone down. Oh, please put your phone down. You know, I always say, like, I have my, when I go on a date, I have to have my phone available because I have children, but I'm not looking at it. You have my undivided attention because, again, even if you're not, you know, the love of my life, we are still human beings and we've committed to this time together. So let's honor that time and see what we can both enjoy and learn in this time. And so I would say, really, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing for people when people are distracted late, you know, be on time, clean yourself up, and be present. Anything else that you'd like to add about your dating events, the dating experience in 2022? Maybe there's a lot of excitement for these kinds of events, I'm thinking, in this post-COVID world? Yes, definitely. I think especially there was excitement for this type of event before, but especially now that we had these insane few years with such major disconnect. Number one, I want to encourage people to just have a little grace and be kind to each other. We all just went through a really hard time. Everybody did. And, you know, a lot of people were very, very disconnected and alienated in that time. And, you know, getting back into the dating world now is sort of like starting over. There's, you know, a lot of people are still very cautious about who they're seeing, especially now around the holidays, you're going to be going to see your grandma or whoever. Right. And, you know, so people are being selective with their time and just um, to to sort of just really be aware that these, these are just people, you know, we have to just treat each other well and it all comes around in the end. Um, And people I think now are just, everybody's excited to get together again and um, I, it's a beautiful thing to see. I'm so, so glad to be, you know, filling rooms again with single people. We have close to 40 people joining us next 
uh, Tuesday night in Fairfield. And already al- already 50 people registered for the December 17th event, too. So singles are ready. So get yourself out there. And if you're nervous, I get it. Send me an email, hello at Jill in it, and I will walk you through it, and we'll do it together. Jill, I've got to tell you, uh, I was so excited to go to one of your events um, right after the COVID lockdowns and everything started to reopen again, and you held one. And I met somebody absolutely amazing, made a great connection and friend and all of that in her. And, uh, and it happened right at the end of the night when everybody was like packing up and going home and I was about to leave myself and uh, that changed. So I do owe uh, you for that. I love that. That makes me so happy to hear. Thank you for sharing that with me. Real quick for the last time, is there anything else that you'd like to add and details also about the events coming up in Fairfield and Norwalk and how people can find out about you. So to to link up with me, go to my website, jillinit.com, J-I-L-L in it, jillinit.com. And there's a link to my matchmaking, coaching services, um, my course for single women, the four-day flip. And then also, of course, link to upcoming events are always there. I have a private Facebook group called 203 Singles that you can link to also from my website. And uh, really, I am here to support you. I, I support single people for a reason. We all need connection, and I really it means the world to me to be able to work with people and to help people connect and, and feel back together sort of after this crazy time. So next Tuesday night at Little Pub in Fairfield. That's November 29th. Uh, you need to get a ticket because uh, there is a limited space for this event. So that link is there for singles in their 30s and 40s. And then the next one after that will be December 17th at the Norwalk Art Space. And that event is free uh, because of the generous sponsorship of my friends at Equals Human. You can find out more about them and about the event. Uh, again, on the upcoming events tab at jillinit.com. Folks, I'm just going to leave you with this quick thought. Get out there this week and meet somebody new. You won't regret it.